Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Star Wars Explained is one of the most comprehensive Star Wars resources on YouTube with over 85 million views thus far. Alex Damon explains how he, along with his wife Molly, created this vast YouTube resource and his reaction to learn it's even used by members of the Lucasfilm Story Group. That blew me away. That that made my week or month or I don't know how long, but I'm still like, if I think about that, just brings a smile to my face. I mean, when I started, I never, ever thought that it would... It, not influence anyone at Lucasfilm, but like just that I provided some minuscule little refresher to someone at Lucasfilm. I helped in some minor, minor way. Like that is amazing to me. You need some sort of YouTube plugin or filter or something that that captures each view from Lucasfilm. <laughs> Like, I helped this many times. Yeah, like you've got five, you know, like half a million views, but like 27 Lucasfilm views. <laughs> They're the important ones. Uh-huh. Not all views are equal. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, gatekeep or anything, but, uh, you know, story group people checking out your clips to uh, work on future stories. That, that's pretty impressive. That That is amazing, yeah. Plus, we break down all the backstage gossip from Collider's Star Wars Schmodown Fatal Five Way. This is Steel Wars Episode 153. Star Wars Explained and the Collider Star Wars Schmodown. This episode totally spoils Collider's Star Wars Schmodown Fatal Five Way. I highly recommend you go watch the Trivia Schmodown before listening to this. The link is in the show notes. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week I find someone of interest to talk about it with. And this week we have got almost... Too much Star Wars knowledge. Actually, yeah, I'm going to say, as I just had to compete against this guy in a trivia competition, too much Star Wars knowledge, less knowledge, but uh, he looks after one of the most informative and one of my favorite YouTube channels on that very platform from Star Wars Explained. It's Alex Damon. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Good. I don't think there's such a thing as too much Star Wars knowledge. Listen, man. (laughs) When you're on a panel under these bright lights with this audience watching, and you and you just you've got to come up with all these answers to these eight films, and you are just cold bloodedly just (laughs) reeling off planets. That's too much Star Wars knowledge for me. I'm sorry. So what we're talking about, we were just on the Schmodown's 
ultimate Star Wars challenge. There's so many words that get thrown around. Yeah, the Fatal Five Five Way, I think they called it. Oh, the Fatal. We're okay. Well, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the afterlife. Uh huh. So we're recording after the uh, the Schmodown Star Wars Fatal Five uh, Battle Roundtable Battle Royal Knife Fight. Yeah, might as well have been. So, uh, if you haven't watched yet, we are going to talk about the aftermath. So, go watch that. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, that's a, a on the Schmodown's YouTube channel on Collider. But we are. I have to say, it's the day after. I feel like I don't have eyebrows anymore. I got. <laughs> I got so singed. But yeah, you were there. And uh, of course, it was the, it was the heavyweights. The heavyweights of Star Wars trivia with you and uh, Scrimmy, Joseph Scrimshaw, and Sam Witwer, and Geek Girl Diva. It was, it was intense. It was very intense. But see, I don't have any pressure, really. Because I haven't made my name around knowing stuff around Star <laughs> yeah. Wars. I, I don't know how I've made my name. I think just by coming up with catchphrases. But uh, you you were known. You were the Star Wars explainer. Yeah, I mean, I was going into it and I, I was very nervous and terrified because, yeah, I was like, if I flub here, like, this is, this is my credentials. Like, <laughs> if I mess up and really have a bunch of brain farts, like, people aren't going to trust me anymore. <laughs> well, I I feel like I did okay, but... I did let the listeners down <laughs> because I somehow forgot Klee Glass's name. Klee Glass. I talk about him every third episode. <laughs> I've got maybe 20 YouTube videos, like clips on YouTube. One of them is me explaining to my wife who Klee Glass is. That includes, this is a good sizzle, you guys, a, a naked photo of Jack Thompson in the 70s. <laughs> so uh, I think, did I, did I show you that photo yesterday? No. <laughs> okay. That's a really sketchy thing. I like, like on my phone at Star Wars, like, hey, you want to see a naked photo of Klee Glass? I got it, buddy. I got the good stuff. I got the good stuff. But it's so hard, that filing system in your brain when you're just under that. Like I, my answer was the actor's name. I, like I knew the actor. Yeah. And I couldn't, I just... Ah, it was killing me. That and Scarif, forgetting well, the planet of Scarif. It was just like everything else. I was like, yeah, I don't know that. that. That's, yeah, what I was terrified of. I mean, like the Klee Glars, I'm wearing my Biggs shirt right now. Like Biggs is my like favorite character and I joke about him on the channel all the time. Like that would have been like me forgetting Biggs' name. <laughs> it would have devastated me. <sighs> I, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was doing. What, what was a question from yesterday? That you heard that someone else got that you were just like, yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't uh, have known it. Um, well, the the earliest one, what was Obi Wan's call sign at the Battle of Coruscant? Only Whitworth got that one, and I I had no idea. I had to take a complete shot in the dark. I went I went blue one. I was just like, I know I know how they sort of work, so I probably should have gone blue leader if I was going to stick with the like. Now that I. A day later, I'm like, what my, I mean, it was a complete guess, but I'm even like, why didn't I go so much more generic? What did like, you say? I said Saber 2. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, it's probably like some Jedi squadron, and I was like, what could they be called? And I like pulled something out, and then I gave him two. Like, I was thinking maybe Anakin was the squadron leader, and uh, no, like Red Leader, just the most obvious one. <laughs> 
And what about what? What was your most regrettable miss that you're now just like going? Come on, I'm the Star Wars explainer. How did I miss this? Um, the one that I keep beating myself up about is the one that was a steal from you. Actually, the how many dismemberments are there? How many characters are dismembered in Empire Strikes Back? And you went with two. I had already written for the potential steal two because I could only remember that. My normal rule is. Let's say that I, it's like a number one. I usually just add one because I assume I'm forgetting, and I should have just done that. But I tussled. So that question was to me, and mm-hmm. it was how many characters lose a limb right. in Empire Strikes Back? And my first thing was like, are animals, are creatures, characters. characters. And I think that was a valid question, and they didn't really answer you. Because <laughs> I, I, w- I would have been very like, how how strict are you being right now? Yeah, and it's such a... First of all, the hard thing about that one is you can't go to multiple choice because you're just going to get numbers. Right. Like, so that doesn't help anything. I, I find the multiple choice, when people go to multiple choice, it, it becomes quite clear. To, like, with my amount of Star Wars knowledge, getting it down to four, I can go, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's that one. Because mm-hmm. the other one's... I, I know what that character does and it's not that. But, so I ran through it and the two, in, oh, what were the two in your head that you were counting? Uh, Luke and the Wampa. Yes. Yeah, I, we, we were going lightsaber dismemberment. Yes. And I just, I couldn't even remember who the third one was until well after the match. I, we, we were actually just sitting in the, the audience afterwards and I just silently went, ah, 3PO. Like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> Well, that's what I was going up to people afterwards and going, hey, uh, what's your third one? Like, you, like, I still don't know. I was watching the film over and over in my head. But yeah, I was, I immediately went to lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And so if, listen, guys, if you're out there in the Star Wars universe, you're losing a limb without a lightsaber. I don't want to know about it. It doesn't <laughs> count to me. But yeah, C-3PO, parts everywhere. He gets put back together by the end. Like, it, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but Luke Skywalker does get his hand back. Yeah. That Wampa, however, nope. is hurting for certain. Now, I I actually, I thought too, and I've heard that question before, and I was tussling in my head. I'm like, I feel like it's three, but I can only remember two. Like, which do I vote against myself and go with three? And then if it's two, it's like... Like, I was tussling all these it's different... It's a tough choice, yeah. And the guilt. So, yeah. I, th- I think all of us, and like I was talking to Scrimshaw, I know we were all just, like, beating ourselves up. <laughs> and, uh, like, if I had gotten that steal or if you had just gotten it right, like, I would have been tied with Sam. And But then oh. that would have been... Like, so that's why I'm like, if I had just done my normal thing... <laughs> So you're one of those people, you're the worst blackjack player in Vegas <laughs> that gets angry at the person next to you for like, oh man, if I had had that card, I would have won. Yeah. If you ever played, like I hate it's like, oh, why'd you, that, that could have been my card. Yeah, right. It's just like, it's not how it works. And if you didn't hit the card before, it's just like, bleh. But I'm sorry for totally... Um... No, it's more on me for not getting the steal. So. <laughs> how did you train? How did you train? I, I've, I've come in here and we're in your hotel room and I... Because I couldn't figure out... Like, people like studying up. 
Like I saw Geek Girl Diva and, and Scrimmy. They're like, they're studying. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to, like, how do I do, like, what do I read? There's so much stuff. Like, how am I yeah. going to stumble upon the right information? Now, one of the questions which you got, which this was the turning point in my game, I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask this question to the audience listening. And the question was, what was the name of Obi-Wan Kenobi's droid in Revenge of the Sith? Now, think about it, you guys. What's the full name? Tweet me if you got this, but it is... R4P17. See, you've told me that three times in 24 hours, and I still... (laughs) P17. All right, I've sort of remembered it. And there's also actually... That was his droid in all of Attack of the Clones, and then the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, and then he gets his head ripped off, and then he gets another R4 droid, R4G9, I think, for the rest of Revenge of the Sith. But, yeah, like, that was one of the questions... I was almost incredibly cocky and just like going, I'm too busy. I can't study. Like I I just almost didn't study for this. And thank God I did because I would have not been tied for a second if I hadn't like my wife, Molly was like, no, we got to study. And she quizzed me hard that R four question. And one other, there were two or three or maybe four that I was like, I would not have known that if we hadn't just gone over it. So I owe my second place to Molly for sure. Well, I get the feeling you owe a, a lot to Molly. And we just saw a <laughs> thumbs up come from <laughs> from the other room. But when you got that answer quite cold-bloodedly, like it didn't seem like you were thinking about it. <laughs> like it felt like they asked you your name and you just replied that in my head, I was just like, oh, I've got to make my answers funnier. <laughs> uh, God, Because no, no. <laughs> I was sort of like going into it going, if the wind blows my way, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it, but no, it's uh, when you've got questions like that, no buys, no buys. But I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I, I think studying's cheating. <laughs> I think you should just, like, from the time you get asked to go on the trivia schmodown, they're asking for the information you already know. I mm-hmm. think to get further information, that's, I think, like, there should be a, a rule with that <laughs> that would suit me. But I come into your hotel room and you've got this book, which I, I, it's, I, I wish I'd, see, I, I wish I'd new ways to study and then I would have done it. But you've got Obsessed with Star Wars, Test Your Knowledge of a Galaxy Far, Far Away. 2,500 questions. How many of these did you go through? Um, I have no idea. It's just kind of random. I mean, probably 150 or so. Uh, you just... It's got like a little digital readout, so it'll tell you a number. You turn to that question number, and then ah, it's multiple choice, and you answer. So it randomly generates. Right, so you're just flipping through the book. Um, the way that we studied was... Um, we watched every movie and Molly, I basically just watched it. Molly took extensive notes throughout the entire thing. Afterwards, she quizzed me on all her notes. She would star the ones that I didn't know. And then the next day, like she would ask me those again. And we would, we just did that with all the movies. I don't even think we got through them all, but we went through like the Clone Wars movie and then we moved 
through to the original trilogy because that's where my strengths are. But wow, you had such good strategy. I feel like our our prep going into it. Like I'm not sure if you've seen Rocky Four, but it's a pretty good movie. You, you are you are uh, Dolph Lundgren. And, and you've got all the technology. the technology, you've got the support team, you're in the chamber, you're training, and then I'm just out in the snow. Just uh-huh. I, I, My training actually was, I'd put the movies on and do work. Yeah. That, that was it. I just don't have that. Yeah, I, I just think my brain is not, it's not a studying, like I've got to let it seep in. That, that sort of way. All right. So, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question on here. Um, how do you find the answers? Uh, so, to hit the bottom right button. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you a number. Oh, so you can't just go to a page. It is possible, but I don't remember how to okay. do it. So, what button do I hit to make it do it? Um, so, it says 2314. So, then you flip to that question. Ah. Oh, this question's weak. There is there was a question about how many nostrils an alien I'd never heard of had on the other page. And then you get softball. What was directly in front of Jabba the Hutt's dais? The trap door to the Rancor? Oh, don't even answer it. Like, <laughs> You're belittling me. Put up another one. Put up another one. It's like, it's weird. Some of them are like so softball. And then there's some, yeah, like nostrils for some alien I'd never heard of. There's right. questions in there about uh, Splinter from the Mind's Eye, the the old old Legends book. Like, all right, we're going to 1466, you guys. Let's see what? Got to bring the heat. Ah, oh, yes. All right. I can't even. This question's so hard. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> How many? Oh, is this from New New Hope? How many wings do? Male Eurases have? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Didn't like is am I pronouncing it right? Probably. Um Dude, I don't know. Uh it f- seems like it couldn't be an odd number. So the qu- the answers are five, four, six, and three. Dude, I don't know, six. <laughs> I'm gonna go with four, just because it makes sense. How do I turn that is that uh, off? You- yeah, just there you go. Okay, so you chose how many did you choose? I'm I'm gonna go six, but six, I mean it's a right. complete shot in the dark. Incorrect. Incorrect. Hey, you were right. Four. Hey, there you go. Yes, yes you just beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I, I got it now. I've got to Google what this thing is. I, yeah, it's got to be something from Legends or some Tatooine creature that. Yeah, or maybe Yavin. Oh, that was oh, one yeah. that I got Yavin. stuck on yesterday was where was the Yavin for Exteriors filmed. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, w- I would have gotten that, but it was I was not 100% on that. Because I remember there was a thing with Oscar Isaac. Is that where he's from, Guatemala? I think so. Yeah. Uh, because I remember he was sort of saying, oh, it's, you know, it's fun that that's where Poe Dameron like grew up yeah. and, and that's where he's from. So I was trying to like, I was actually, to be honest, just trying to think of South American countries yeah, and, and, and just plug one of them in there. But yeah, I, I, I do like it. Um, it. I find it satisfying like that one where it was like, I'm not coming up with that. Yeah. I know what's in my head. Guatemala. 
It wasn't coming out. It wasn't coming out at all. <laughs> Clee glass, however. That's sitting there. That's sitting there. Okay, native to Tatooine. The Urasari was a yellow and blue reptavian that feasted <laughs> upon carrion. This is... Of course. This is gobbledygook to me. Now, let's talk some uh, Star Wars. What, what is your first memory? Um, my first introduction to Star Wars... So, I'm from Atlanta, and in 1996, the Olympics were there. So, they were, like, building the Olympic Village and all that, and uh, we, my family went down there to check it out. And I guess there were just a bunch of people dressed up kind of like on like Hollywood Boulevard they were just in costume to take pictures with and I saw a guy in Darth Vader costume and I was like who's that and my dad was like oh it's Darth Vader and he in the movie like picks a guy up with one hand and strangles him and I, I whatever reason that morbid story like was like well I've, I have to see this so we like went home and they popped in a VHS that they had taped off of TBS and uh, we watched the first Star Wars, and then I think every day the rest of that summer, I watched it again and again and again. Didn't even know there was an Empire Strikes Back, probably for months, <laughs> and just loved that movie. Um, so that that's, yeah, my first introduction to Star Wars. Did, I think I did was you seven. scour uh, the Olympics coverage hoping to see the gold medal choke? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and, and what about it sort of like drew you in? I don't know. Uh, I really loved the Battle of Yavin, the Death Star trench run and all that. I loved the pilots, which, I mean, like, I'm wearing orange. I got the pilot shoes, the pilot book bag. Like, I, I talk about the pilots all the time. I think, I yeah, I loved the space battles. Um, I, don't, I just loved the characters. There wasn't anything to not love about it. Biggs is your guy. Yeah. What do you think about caped Biggs? Oh, I mean, the, it wasn't actually in the film as a travesty. <laughs> I'll be honest, that deleted scene uh, is pretty rough. Like, the acting in it is, it just feels off compared yeah. to the rest of the movie. So it's like, it deserved to be on the cutting room floor. But Biggs, the re- people ask me all the time, why Biggs? And it's kind of like a behind the scenes answer, answer. But I knew that he had a deleted scene out there. You'd see pictures and I'd be like, oh, that's that guy in the trench run that has a few lines and then like the special edition came out and he got an extra scene and it was like okay he's luke's friend from tatooine and it's like oh yeah he mentions him early on and then you'd see pictures of him in the cape and i was like where's this from but dvds weren't a thing you didn't get deleted scenes so like i just was trying to figure out I think it was like my first introduction to deleted scenes period that like the idea that there were things that were shot that they didn't put in the film. And I was Mm. like, why would they do that? And I was just a young kid trying to find out what was going on in that scene. Yeah. I remember like the star Wars storybook, which I think was like a scholastic book, you know, with, they did one for each of the Mm -hmm. films and there was a photo of Luke with his Gilligan hat. (laughs) Yeah. And he's looking up at the battle um, you know, which is, you know, looking up at, you know, essentially the first scene of Star Wars. And then there's a scene with Biggs and Luke just chilling, having a chat. And as a kid, just not being able to compute. Like, I couldn't understand why these photos were in the book. Right. And not in the movie. And I, like, I just, I would think about it all the time. And I didn't know who to turn to. <laughs> 
Like I, I, I had no one to ask. Like, what's why is why is this bit of the movie? Have we got the wrong? Like, is our movie not got everything in it, or is this book? Shouldn't this book be on the market? Like, I thought it was so like almost like contraband that I had these two photos. <laughs> Because I'm like six or seven, I don't. Yeah. I, I sort of didn't understand it all, but I was I was just fascinated with it. And by the time they released those scenes, I think it was in the the behind the magic, like a CD. Yes, ROM. that's you had to work for it to get those scenes. Yeah, and then when you watched them, it was like, oh yeah, they they shouldn't have been. Yeah, it's such a letdown. <laughs> and I it was such a an extra work for me because I we only had a Mac. Like I, I was mm-hmm. really early onto Macs, and the disc didn't work on a Mac, <laughs> so I bought it and then had to like go to a friend's <laughs> house because I just it was the only way that I could see this scene, and I had to see it to know that George or Marsha or whoever decided not to put that in, good call, and it also would have totally ruined. Well, if they put in that Gilligan hat scene kind of would have ruined the f- first part of Star Wars like the you know the iconic one of the most iconic things that ever happens in Star Wars is the first shot mm. and I think the fact that it's the first shot is what you know blows people away because you know people are in there like what's this going to be and then it's just like ship ship like yeah, huge ship <laughs> yeah yeah so if in that was intercut with a dude in a Gilligan's hat in a desert looking up not as special <laughs> So is Biggs your like your fave character? Yeah. Okay. What um, you know, obviously you've done a lot of research in Star Wars. What, what are some Biggs facts that you can drop on us that maybe we wouldn't know? Hmm. Um, he is Biggs Darklighter from a pretty wealthy family. Uh, most of his story right now is considered legends. Uh, so. What I'm going to be talking about is probably not quote-unquote canon anymore, but uh, it is still true that he was a part of the Empire, and then he defected on a ship called the Rand Ecliptic. Uh, he started a mutiny and uh, joined the Rebellion. I think the the whole scene with Luke on Tatooine, that is considered canon. Um, you know, he was shot, I think... In Rogue One, there was a guy that like had his helmet and yeah. a mustache and stuff, but he doesn't make an appearance, which I was hoping to see him. Uh, but I think Battle of Yavin was his first official rebel fight, as far as we know. Yeah, I was the other way. I didn't want him to be in Rogue One. Because I saw that photo. Mm-hmm. There was a photo and they were sort of posing with maybe likes. Some... I, I think it was Gareth's niece or... One of Gareth's relatives. Yeah. And was there a Porkins as yeah, well? Yep. Yeah. Because if he's there in Rogue One, does that nullify, does that make the the Anchorhead scenes... I, I think it does mess with the timeline a little bit. And I think that's probably why we didn't wind up seeing him. I would have been okay with seeing him because more bigs. But yeah, I do think that he was supposed to have joined the rebellion like in the middle of a new hope yeah yeah which they had those tatooine boys had a big week yeah (laughs) they sure did yeah because if he's there at anchorhead and so this is like for those that maybe aren't following but i'm sure most people are aware of this so the deleted scenes would occur 
just before Star Wars started. That day. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been... I think Luke sees the fight and then immediately goes to Anchorhead to say, hey, there's a fight going on. So it would have been simultaneous with 3PO and R2 wandering through the desert. Gotcha. So it would be very hard... Well, yeah, because the that happens after Rogue One. Right. So, yeah, he couldn't have been... Yeah, so that's that would... So that's what was... Uh, that kind of upset me that they were going to... Even though that the Anchorhead scenes aren't in the film, making them definitely not canon. I don't know. I guess because I've got that memory of them. That was like the first like inside information, you know, <laughs> per se, that I found out about Star Wars to make it like void. I don't know. Well, in, in Legends, he was part of the Rebellion before that. But what he tells Luke about how he's going to join the Rebellion, he's more like protecting Luke, I guess, and keeping some information from him. So they could have gone that route, but I think they're trying to simplify it a little more and just be like, no, he meant what he said, and he joined the Rebellion after. We need more people in Star Wars to mean what they say. (laughs) This Obi-Wan Kenobi guy. I don't know. You can't trust him. Can't trust him at all. Cannot trust him. Liar. I watched... Certain point of view, my ass. Oh, I've never owned a droid. Maybe not, but you know him. You mentioned him by name. Oh, that I was watching. R four P one seven must feel real disenfranchised <laughs> right now. <laughs> he lost his head for you. <laughs> but even in Revenge of the Sith, I was watching. Like he calls R two by name, like at least twice. You hear yeah. with him again, like in, in one of the new like retellings of A New Hope. It's like a middle school aged book. Uh-huh. There is a little scene where he kind of like pats R2 on the head and he's like, good to see you again. Like, but I don't know why he wouldn't be upfront about that with Luke. Why don't we? Oh yeah. I know this droid. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird that R2D2, I do find fascinating. And this mm. was one of the questions yesterday was what did Yoda and R2D2 uh, yeah. fight over? <laughs> this was one of the highlights of the match. <laughs> <laughs> Christian comes to oh, So the answer's like flashlight. Yeah. And I just thought, I'm just going to write a dumb answer that's right. And I wrote Space Torch. (laughs) What I did not take into consideration was in Australia, another word for flashlight is torch. In fact, it's the main, like, people would call it torch before a flashlight. Right. Like, flashlight would... it doesn't come out naturally for an Australian. Like, there's all these different... Like, you know, we both speak English, but there's these certain words that we use differently. Um, uh, a thong, which here is bikinis or bathers. Uh, they're flip-flops in Australia. Right. Um, a pram in, in Australia is a stroller in America. And maybe one of the weirdest ones, uh, Australians call a trunk... A boot. Mm -hmm. So I had said space torch because I love adding space (laughs) in front of anything. I think that makes it makes you seem like a real authority in Star Wars. (laughs) You really know your stuff. And they're debating it, and it didn't hit me that they didn't realize that was a word. Like that, like in Australia, that's what it's meant. And so I'm just there getting quite indignant, just like. 
what are you guys going on about? Like, because <laughs> I wrote space? Like, <laughs> but then Christian afterwards is like, space torch. Love it. It's going to be great. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing with that, when you, like, when you think about how Obi-Wan and R2 had had all these adventures before, and, and people always say, like, oh, it's like R2 droids, they're like a, it's like a microwave. Listen, buddy, if a microwave saved my life like five <laughs> times, I'd remember it if I saw it 20 years that later. Microwave. I'd be like, oh, Miramax or whatever a microwave company is. I'd pat you and go, thanks, buddy. Thanks for the good times. I think that's a fair argument for Owen Lars not recognizing C-3PO. I mean, first of all, 3PO looks completely different. But second of all, I don't think Owen had a personal attachment to 3PO and Attack of the Clones. But yeah, Obi-Wan and R2, you're going to remember him. I don't know about the Owen Lars one. One of them should... Uh, well, C-3PO's had the memory wipes. Yep. So there's that. But you'd think if you lived out in the desert, and you're only chilling with a couple people, yeah, <laughs> and a droid rocks up that's got the exact same annoying voice, yeah, you might go, oh, huh. I don't know. Maybe there's a deleted scene where he's like, Baru, do you... <laughs> recognize that thing <laughs> no there's a deleted scene in that book where he pats him on the head and goes c-3po it's not good to see you again yeah <laughs> get out of here <laughs> but the thing with yoda and r2 they're fighting over this torch r2 knows he's a revered jedi master uh-huh. so is it their little sketch their little like they're just doing improv right like are they just they're pl- just yes ending <laughs> yeah they're just playing the fool to trick luke skywalker <laughs> we're gonna make luke look real dumb but yeah, Space Torch, you guys, that was, uh, that was very, uh, very sensitive. Very sensitive. Well, I'll be very interested to see how I come off when I'm complaining about that. I was about to challenge that for you. If you hadn't, <laughs> I would have been like, because I, I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I may have brought it up several more times in the show. <laughs> may have. I uh, I am one to hold a grudge. So, if Biggs is your favorite character, normally we ask people what their favorite background character is. So, how, how deep are you going? Who do you like up back? Um, you know, I'll go with the first video I ever did on my channel was about Will Rohood. Uh, he's the, for the anyone that doesn't know, he's the guy in Cloud City that is desperately trying to save his ice cream maker um, for whatever reason. Like, I just love that people latched on to that guy who runs through the frame and is like literally one second of screen time and of course he's got a backstory and people cosplay as him i just like that about the star wars fandom that Mm. people will just grab onto the smallest thing and be like that dude's got an ice cream machine let's dress up as him like i think it's funny yeah like we've got like in this modern age of star wars there's, there's there's one you know, just slight negative about it is that, you know, we just had, you know, three more films announced. Ryan Johnson's going to be pumping them out. So exciting. <laughs> and uh, then we've got, you know, the ongoing Skywalker story and, and spin-off movies that we, we don't know where they're going to go. But, you know, essentially we're going to get about one a year. And Wilro Hood, who's he's in an orange jumpsuit. Right. Running through Cloud City when the evacuation's given. And... Is the story that people said, oh, it looks like he's got an ice cream maker. And then later on, people have gone, oh, no, that is actually an ice cream maker. Yeah. Yeah, like a 1979 model. Like people have found the model. And <laughs> <laughs> but, and then so because 
you know, people got onto him and, and came up with, you know, the ice cream maker man and stuff, they, you know, developed a backstory around it. But people did that because they just had the three movies to watch over and over. And that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and that's why all those background characters are so explored because we just like, all right, this is the 77th time I'm watching Empire Strikes Back. I'm just going to watch the back right-hand corner and see what's going on. That's the one drawback, I think, is because we were so intensely watching those three films and we were just, like, just milking them for every bit of juice. And now the films go along, you know, in like comparatively so quickly we don't have time to look at the back of Maz's castle for you know that character and you know like go on about them you know maybe some people get to but it's not that I don't know that the the, the like Wilro Hood the ice cream man was sort of like an like a, a really sweet inside joke you know about the ice cream making man <laughs> You've wasted a f- <laughs> of your life, uh-huh. much like I have. You're in the club. Welcome. But have you ever seen a running of the Wilro Hood? Oh, yeah. At Celebration? Mm-hmm. Explain that one. Uh, so it's a big group of people that have dressed up like Wilro Hood, and they they just go running through any convention that they're at. So, I mean, they do it at Dragon Con. They do it at Celebration, Comic-Con. Pretty much anywhere that the 501st, or I think maybe that's part of the Rebel Legion, anywhere that they are, they just gather and they run through it. I saw... I've seen two at Celebrations. And it's so stupidly rad. Yeah. Like, it's so... I, like, it's such a celebration of silliness that you've taken this tiny character, developed this backstory, and now you've got 40 fans dressed as him and they're running through a convention. And it just makes, like, a sweep of joy. Like, people yeah. are like, woo, yeah! It's, uh, it's really sweet. Now, which is your favorite film? A New Hope. I mean, that's the one that I was obsessed with. Uh, like, I'm one of those guys, like, I can admit Empire is the better film but a new hope is the one that i fell in love with so that that's my favorite yeah i'm I'm very similar but that i like i think empire is the most forced one but jedi is my favorite yeah yeah so it's like that's my favorite but i'm pretty sure empire is the best one although i tweeted about this the other day anthony bresnikan of mm-hmm. ew scoffed at me patted me on the head essentially and just said calm down you excited Australian when I said I think that The Last Jedi could be the best Star Wars film ever made but I think this three film thing that they've given Ryan Johnson that adds credence oh yeah like it definitely like you talk about uh, we did a call in show about it and people were saying like the timing and why now why not after the film you know, to say, you know, that we're going to give him three. And it's like, well, pre-film buzz is so important. And in a subtle way, and I think there was a shareholders conference and they, you know, they want to announce more projects so there's more money and and people pay more for the shares. But also to announce it before anyone's seen the film that like, oh, we've seen it, it's locked down, here's three more films. We love it that much that we're going to lock in Ryan Johnson like for three more. Mm. That's like that's how good the Last Jedi is. Like Empire was good, 
But where was Kirshner's yeah, extra food? Right. <laughs> where are they? They're nowhere. But it's so exciting. And what about your favorite scene? Probably Battle of Yavin again. Like that's the one that I just broke the tape watching. Mm. <laughs> I, I love the dog fights. Um, Battle of Endor's a pretty close second. Now with Battle of Scarif, I mean, I think the Battle of Scarif is probably the best Star Wars action that has been filmed so far. The Battle of where? Scarif. Where's that? <laughs> Are you joking? No, I'm so that's I, that's I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it kills me I, I think about people watching it And it's like going What's this joke on about <laughs> And one of my favourite lines in Rogue One Maybe my favourite line in Rogue One Mentions Scarif And it's when they get the transmission And the Mon Cal guy Goes to Admiral Raddus um, Admiral, transmission from Scarif like, <laughs> So excited to get the transmission And I just like and and sort of he's my Wilro Hood sure. Rogue One. Like I just I love the enthusiasm in his voice that he's getting this transmission. This guy must have loved file sharing and stuff. Like, <laughs> I've got the new Taylor Swift, yes. Like he's so into it. So I I I just find him so endearing how he he says to his uh his boss they've got the transmission and I I totally blew it. It was it. It is a good battle. Yeah, it is a good battle. I don't think I gave my due to in the Battle of Yavin just how um, just how sick it is when Han Solo comes back. Oh, every time I get chills. Like, I, come on, I've seen it so many times, but that. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> always makes me smile. Yeah, you're all clear, kid. And just like, because that was that, that's sort of always my definition of Star Wars is coming through for your friends. Yeah, that's sort of they're the moments that mean the most to me. Like my favorite scene is the the sail barge battle, and it's like everyone risking everything to get Han Solo free. Not to mention Han risking his life to save Lando, who, as far as he knows just betrayed him like he he hasn't been around to see lando like have a little redemption arc he just woke up and he's like oh we're cool with lando now great like i'll help him like <laughs> they had a big chat on the skiff yeah luke filled him in on a fair bit of action a fair bit of action whether you're new to the steel wars podcast or just having trouble keeping up with all the episodes in the lead up to the last jedi i just wanted to point out a few episode highlights for you to check out perfectly safe for you to listen to before the premiere of The Last Jedi, 152 live episode at Hollywood's Scum and Villainy Cantina with Sam Witwer, the voice behind Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels, Starkiller, and so much more, a must-listen-to episode. For Collider fans, 151, I sit down with 90 minutes of hardcore Star Wars talk with Christian Harloff. Episode 150, we go back to the Sarlacc Pit and Corey D. Williams, son of Billy D., recalls all his adventures filming as Klaatu, Back in 1982. Episode 149, we go into Battlefront 2 with one of its writers, Rich Dyer. And if you want your heart warmed 
Before The Last Jedi. Join us for episode 148, Laura Syracuse, celebrating Rose Tico and Kelly Marie Tran in The Last Jedi. And if you want to turn up the laughs with your Star Wars podcasting, hit 147 live at the LA Podcast Festival with the dollops Gareth Reynolds, Jenny Jaffe, and making Star Wars's Jason Ward. All available on SteelWars.com, iTunes, or wherever good podcasts are downloaded. So, how old were you would have been when you saw A New Hope, when you're at the Olympics? Um... I think I was uh, eight when I saw A New Hope for the first time. Okay, and, and what sort of stuff were you in to before Star Wars? That's a good question. Like, I can't... I literally can't remember, like, my life before Star Wars. Like, I mean, there had to be things. Power Rangers? I, th- okay. I think I liked Power Rangers. <laughs> Where I'm waiting with Power Rangers, were you into the minutiae? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com of it no i mean i liked the toys yeah but no i think star wars star wars was my first obsession for sure um i I can't think of anything that i was that into before star wars it's interesting that i interview all these you know people from around the world about star wars and one of the fascinating things about it is these movies but also how people decide to interact or celebrate those movies. And, you know, some people have costumes. Some people go on to make their own films. Some people want to collect toys. But people like you like to collect knowledge. You like to, like, know everything. Like, when did that sort of come into your Star Wars fandom? It's not something that happened on purpose. Uh, I, I just... This isn't just a Star Wars thing. Like, I can remember movie trivia. I don't know why. So, like, anything that I'm into, it just gets locked in. Like, Lord of the Rings, I'm really solid with my trivia there. But it was just something that... I I guess it just interested me. So, I would look up... I, I remember checking out the Star Wars encyclopedia from the library. And it was, like, before we had Wikipedia... It, it was something where you'd read about a character and in that description I was like well it just mentioned something else I don't know so I would look that up and it was just this chain of learning more and more about Star Wars and I just loved reading the books I, I think whenever Sha- I think Shadows of the Empire was my first like big boy book and I was in third or fourth grade and uh, I was like reading a novel and I was very impressed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> then I like got into Heir to the Empire and all of those old books and it, it just all got stuck in there. But yeah, I, I love how people celebrate Star Wars in different ways. And I always try to clarify that I don't think that knowing the most about Star Wars is like a sign of your fandom. Like, I agree that I like how p- 
people celebrate Star Wars in different ways and that there's no one right way to love Star Wars. Like, yeah, trivia is one thing, but it's not like the number one fan knows the most. I mean, the number one fan could be the guy that cosplays and has the best costumes. It's like, I just love that there's all these different facets that people explore it with. Yeah, it's sort of have fun with it, whatever you do. It's not about, you know, whether you've got the most movie accurate, you know, outfit or you've got the most collectibles or, you know, every different blaster that stormtroopers have ever used. Yeah, like my collection is honestly not that impressive. We have a ton of Funko Pops, but like I I did a room tour once and people were like, I'm surprised you don't have a bigger collection. I was like, that's just not how I celebrate Star Wars. It's it's all my collection is invisible. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I know a guy in Australia Darren Maxwell, who's like an OG, like was there in 77 fan. And he doesn't collect stuff anymore. And I remember when, like, I think he maybe mentioned it at a fan club meeting, like in the late 90s, that he doesn't collect the merchandise. And I thought that was strange. Like I was sort of like, oh, that's, I thought that was one of the main parts. But he knows like crazy trivia. Like he would have been a contender yeah. yesterday for sure. So it's it's weird. And and any any comparison or of like fans, like levels of fans. Right. It's, it's oh it's, Yeah, I guess it's like the the whole gatekeeping thing is something that I don't like. And some people act like, Well, I know more than you, so I'm a bigger fan, or I I have more stuff than you, so I'm a bigger fan. It's like well, we're all just there's no one right way. Yeah, I, I think my one thing is as long as you want everyone to enjoy yeah. Star Wars, then like you're a good Star Wars fan. Yeah, like it's for everyone. Like whether you've read books or whether you just go to see the movies every Christmas and like talking about it afterwards, they're sometimes my favorite people to talk to. The people that just go to see the movies, like like they've just got a mainstream understanding of Star Wars. Yeah. So it's funny to see how, like, oh, what did you think when this happened? Because they haven't read this book or watched this cartoon series to understand the context of it. Like, it's it's interesting to see how that how they relate to it if they understand it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When did you sort of realize that you'd? Hey, I um, I'm sitting on a bank of knowledge. When people refused to play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit with me. <laughs> Like I had this game and no one, no one would play it. <laughs> I was just collecting dust. <laughs> That's very sad. <laughs> well, uh, what about how did you um, parlay it into? Like, when did you get the idea to start doing the YouTube stuff? I have always kind of, I, I have had a digital marketing background. I worked in video marketing uh, for five years and. It's always something that I was like, this would be a fun idea. And at Dragon Con in Atlanta, every year there's a Star Wars trivia contest. And it's not just the movies. It's everything. So every year I would compete, and I would do pretty well. It's it's tough. But I, every year after competing, I'd be like, I'm going to study this year. And I never would. And like it, after a couple years of that, I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to do it. And to keep myself accountable, I'm going to make a YouTube channel about it. And... I, I, that was kind of inspired by Comics Explained, the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw his stuff, and I saw how successful it was, and I was like, it, okay, it can be done. Like, I, I, I'm going to try it. So I basically just followed his model, but with Star Wars, 
and just started studying and making videos. And then now every year since then, I've done a little bit better in that Dragon Con contest. So, ah, because you guys yesterday were saying that, like, even Sam might. I'd love to see. Like, Sam comes to Dragon Con sometimes. I would love to see him do it. I, I think people would flip out. First of all, for him to be up there, I think he would do very respectably. He still he might even win, uh, but it is tough. Yeah, it is. What 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 what's like one question that you've been stuck on? What level are we talking? Uh, the one that knocked me out that uh, we were in a sudden death match and it was between me and one other guy and the question was what are Rex's blaster pistols? What model? Uh, oh. <laughs> And now I know, like, I'm never going to not know that, but he knew it and I didn't. And you know, the one that you have to give us the answer. Come on. Oh, DC 17. Okay. The, the one that really bummed me out was last year, uh, 2016. It was me and the same guy and you never see one other guy. He's my nemesis. And the question was, what is the creature that ate R2 and spit him back out on Dagobah? The answer is Dragon Snake. I put Dragon Serpent. Like, I knew it was Dragon something, and I, again, I didn't go generic. I should have just gone simpler. But I went Dragon Serpent. They both got Dragon Snake, and the guy that runs the trivia was, like, considering keeping me on, and I was like, I don't want to win this way. So I was like, kind of, you know what, I'll, I'll bow out. It's fine. And then the very next question, they didn't know it, and I would have known oh. it. And I was like, I should have stayed. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what was the next question? Uh, who were the three Jedi that accompanied Mace Windu to arrest Chancellor Palpatine? Oh, I've got no chance on that one. <laughs> As Agent Kolar, Sacy Ten, and Kit Fisto. And like they each knew two of them, but they couldn't get the third one. And I was like, oh, if I had just... Did they both not know the same Jedi? I don't remember. I, I just remember that they both got it wrong, and I was sitting there like, oh. <laughs> I When I was watching Revenge of the Sith, and that scene came on, I was like, that's a pretty obvious trivia question, what Jedi went with Mace Windu. And I was like, for me to remember that, it would involve at least half an hour of just <laughs> trying to remember those names. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not, and it won't like it. And then if I do it, it won't come up. So, but it was one where I was just like, "Yeah, I can see myself not getting that one." Yep. <laughs> one of my other favorite questions from this year was, and like you can tell, just the smug look on the trivia master's face. His name's Daniel, and it's like, it's fun to see him every year because he like pours his heart into this trivia. And then he he asks you these questions and like stands there like get that one you nerds and he's like <laughs> so he asked us to spell Grand Admiral Thrawn's full real name which is like oh. it's just full of consonants and apostrophes and like both of us just rolled our eyes and j- did our best and got it wrong no right no say it that's hard you can't even say it Mithranuodu or like and I'm pretty sure there's more to it <laughs> but. <laughs> What worked out is the very next day I got to interview Timothy Zahn. And so I was like, listen, Tim, yesterday I had to try to muddle through this question and it's your fault. So I was like, can you do it? And he did it. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) 
podcast live or die on listener word of mouth. So if you are enjoying this episode, please drop us a tweet on Twitter. It is the best place to tweet I have found or simply retweet the episode announcement. Sharing the episode on Facebook or any Star Wars forums you might be a part of is also a huge help, as is leaving us a sweet five-star review on iTunes. Making these episodes for you is a true pleasure and I so appreciate your support. Originally, when you did the YouTube channel, you were, you were Star Wars Minute. Right. And there's a podcast called Star Wars Minute. <laughs> there is. Explain how that went down. Yeah, so I had the idea to do this channel. I had a full-time job at the time and I was like, okay, how do I make videos and keep my job and not like just ruin my life so i was like okay most youtubers that talk about star wars their videos are like 20 minutes long at the minimum i don't want to watch that like i don't have time for that so i was like you know what i'll just summarize things and keep them at a minute two minutes my rule of thumb was if if it was a minute 59 i could still call it a minute uh so i was like all right star wars minute that's kind of catchy didn't even research the name and started the channel it didn't take long before people were like, are you the podcast? And Or just and letting me know that there was a podcast. And so I immediately emailed them and I was like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm so sorry. Like, And they, Alex and Pete, were incredibly nice. And they were like, no big deal. Like, it looks like we're on two separate platforms and we'll both do our thing. That's, that's fine. And then about a year later, uh, we both continued to grow. And I was starting to get away from the minute aspect. My videos were getting longer and longer. I was Not already even staying on brand. Yeah, I just, just couldn't do it. Uh, they they were getting longer and longer, and I was already considering changing it. And then they actually emailed, and they were like, "Can we maybe discuss you changing your name?" And I was like, I, "Yes, like <laughs> I, you totally deserve that." And like. I I got to meet them at Celebration, and I thanked them for not being jerks, because I feel like they had the right to if they wanted, like, some guy came along and took their name, but they were very, very nice, and couldn't have any more nice things to say about them. They're just such sweethearts. And I love seeing how those, like, that podcast network is growing, like, movies by the minute now, there's so many of them, they're doing Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, like, so many people have now kind of followed that format, and, like they have this whole umbrella now it's it's awesome yeah it is like as a podcaster i'm always like trying to think of like formats or you know new ways to like use the medium and and that is like it was a blessing that the person that came up with that idea was so good at implementing it because reviewing star wars or you know analyzing star wars by the minute in the wrong hands could be arduous. <laughs> yeah. But they're sort of like, like very enthusiastic, but sort of tongue in cheek, you know, like we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Like that's the way to do it. Like it's so good. But yeah, the the way that spawned all the different, like some of the movies, I'm like, oh, like you even saw that movie once and now you're going to do it by the minute. Like the one that they're doing now that Alex is doing is Godfather Minute, mm-hmm. which I really love because that is a film because there's not many films that can stand up to that minute analysis. Yeah. Because they're just not dense. Like that's why Star Wars is so good at it because there is the Wilro hoods in the background. Like he did like George Lucas laden it with so much 
like depth. Yeah. That, and I think that's why, you know, we can get so into the universe is like once you peel open the layers, there's like, oh, there's more. And like that character's got a story and he links up with that. Like that can be for some type of people very enticing. I, I, I love that. I remember getting the Star Wars encyclopedia maybe around 96. And at the time, it was the size of a novel. Yeah. Like it was black and white and it had line drawings. And I remember getting it and it's like, going, all right, this is all I'll ever need. <laughs> <laughs> and then they brought out the next one that Stephen Sansweet did that was like the big sort of hardcover coffee table book style. I think that's the one I remember checking out from the library. Yeah. And then I was like, all right. This is all I'll ever need to know. And then he brought out the three hardcover version and I was like, yeah, I might flick through this. This is this is way <laughs> over my head now. And now it seems like, I don't know, it, it almost seems impossible to bring out one of those books now. Like a, like a Star Wars encyclopedia. Yeah, I mean, I kind of miss some of those i used to love the essential guide to planets or the essential guide to aliens like i i remember really digging into those books but yeah i mean i guess they probably could reboot those especially with the new canon uh might even be a little easier since it's a fraction of the size that legends was well as someone that did learn you know as someone that did pick up so much Star Wars trivia, like how did you feel when they announced that the Legends side of things was going to get officially sort of extinguished from the storytelling? That didn't bother me at all. Like it made sense to me because I don't really want to see a bunch of stories I already know on film. Some sure, but like like I talked to Timothy's on about this when he wrote the new book Thrawn it's like this name dropping has to end seriously <laughs> you've interviewed Kathleen Kennedy and Daisy Ridley oh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I remember telling John Boyega how much I hate name dropping it, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was talking to him about the new Thrawn book and it's like we all want these characters back but the authors don't want to rewrite the same story just to make it canon like they want to do something new and I think I don't think Ryan Johnson wants to do someone else's story he wants to do something new so it 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 just made sense to me and the whole backlash i think it's just kind of exhausting like it it doesn't invalidate the stories that you love i still love legends i still read legends books but i don't know (laughs) it's not something that really bothered me yeah If, if that's the price that we pay to get a star wars movie every year i'll i'll gladly pay it yeah, the thought of them making movies about a story where we already know the end, like, that just takes so much excitement yeah. out of the lead-up to that film. Like, I have studied all the clips from The Last Jedi, tried to work out what order they occur in, you know, spoken to... You know, had long discussions. Like, I, I've recorded we do like bonus shows on the Patreon and me and Jason Ward did an hour and a half on the first teaser recently trying to work out what order everything went in and then two and a half hours on the trailer. So we're doing a minute for every second. Yeah. But I still like once it gets to the end, like the last 20 minutes, we're both just like, 
I don't know. Still don't know. Yeah. And that's like to know what's going to happen at the end. It's so boring. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's weird. The negative reaction to it with, you know, some of it's quite dark. The yeah. reaction, like quite like a, a disturbing type of anger mm-hmm. that, I guess in like the current day with with the internet we're sort of used to, but about stuff that matters. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 this weird. Like there is like you know the explanations of like well you need to clear it to make films to make new stories and 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 to give people the creative control, but the anger that they bring to it seems beyond. Um, reasonable explanation like it seems like they don't want a common sense explanation it's just anger yeah the frustration I can understand is more the people that just want the story to continue like there were some threads that just got left hanging and there were some books that people were very excited about that just got cancelled so I can understand wanting to just get some closure there. Mm. But the people that claim that like, well, Disney just ruined my childhood. They, they erased my child. It's like, no, they didn't. Mm. They're all still there. Yeah. I, it, it is like, it would have been a lot smoother just to bring out those books and go, that's it, you guys. But, you know, I guess they had a huge shift in what they wanted to do. And then you get into you know, some people are angry at Disney for, for like pushing, which I, I find this bit very ironic for pushing the agenda with, um, for inclusion with Ray. And quite often those people are angry at this supposed betrayal of George Lucas. And they're also angry about Ray. But the fact is one of the few things that George Lucas had planned for the next film that got kept was a female Jedi. <laughs> like, he's way ahead of you. He was, you know, that's, I think that's the one thing that George Lucas would be like two flannel thumbs up about. Yeah. Um, one of the videos that I just found so fun to watch and so informative is your canon timeline video how long does that go for is that like 25 minutes yeah 20 25 minutes somewhere in there how so that goes through the entire uh, like current official canon right and uh, you're going to do one every year yeah i think i just decided every year i'm going to update it for may 4th star Mm -hmm. wars day and uh because i mean constantly we get new comics new books a new movie every year so it needs updating um so it's something I look forward to now, having done it twice. Okay, so it's the second one. Well, I guess that was my first canon one. I did the year before. I did one about everything that happened in Legends, but that one is not going to be updated anymore. So uh, it'll I, the eh. so this coming year will be the second canon one. Okay, I love it because it sort of puts everything that happens in a pretty even historical context. So it's a real fun way to look at everything that happened and you sort of place the same amount of importance as what happened in a comic book to what happened in A New Hope. 
Yeah. And it's, it's just a fun way to see the whole history <laughs> regardless of what we remember as like it's all presented evenly. How long did that first version of it take to put together? I think I spent a week on just that video. Usually I do seven videos a week, but this one I was like, all right, I'm going to set some time aside and just focus on this one. And I know I had been writing it for a long time before that. But yeah, just doing a video of that length uh, takes some doing. Yeah, all right. Full, like everyone has to watch this video. It is, I mean, and I think everyone has by the the view count. It <laughs> it's yeah, one of my most popular. <laughs> Much to your credit, I, I saw Matt Martin the other day comment that he often, when he needs to remember something, heads over to the uh, Star Wars Explained YouTube channel. That blew me away. That that made my week or month or I don't know how long, but I'm still like, if I think about that, just brings a smile to my face. I mean. <laughs> When I started, I never, ever thought that it would not influence anyone at Lucasfilm, but like just that I provided some minuscule little refresher to someone at Lucasfilm. I helped in some minor, minor way. Like That is amazing to me. You need some sort of YouTube plug-in or filter or something that that captures each view from Lucasfilm. <laughs> Like, I helped this many times. Yeah, like you've got five, you know, like half a million views, but like 27 Lucasfilm views. <laughs> They're the important ones. Uh-huh. Not all views are equal. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, gatekeep or anything, but, uh, you know, story group people checking out your clips to uh, work on future stories. That, that's pretty impressive. That, that is amazing, yeah. In the same tweet thread, he did dismiss podcasts a little bit. So I was... Uh, I wasn't totally happy with Matthew on that one. I don't think he was dismissing podcasting as a whole. I think it was more... And, like, I've seen Pablo Hidalgo make similar tweets where it's like, if you're getting your news from Reddit, like, it's probably not the most trustworthy source. And it doesn't matter if it's podcasting or YouTube or just a blog. Like, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much clickbait i try to not clickbait sometimes people disagree with me like think that i am clickbaiting and i just try to be better instead of trying to just say like report on leaks i mean first of all i don't want to know leaks but i'm not gonna report on unsubstantiated stuff and i think there are so many people that do that just for the views or the listens that matt probably just heard some podcast say something that was complete crap and chose to tweet about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, some people on YouTube do that with great success. Oh, yeah, it's frustrating. Staggering success. It's unbelievable. People just like, I'll just believe it because that's what I want to believe. It's uh, insane. Yeah, I, I think I'm very protective of podcasting because it's... Like, I just love the medium. And I, I always think it's, like, unfair to to blanket, yeah, like, on something like that. Do you know what I mean? So. I mean, I, I've seen Pablo say, I think it was almost the same tweet, except it was, like, uh, if your source is known as, quote, Redditor and pro- prolific YouTuber, uh, <laughs> then blah, blah, blah. And, like, I just didn't really take offense to that because I'm like, 
I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I know what, what you saw, probably, so... Yeah, well, I, it's quite obvious that you're a, a, a better and more adjusted person than I, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're talking about the clickbait thing. Like, what are the, some of the lessons that you've learned in doing the YouTube videos that maybe like that you did before that you don't do now? I'm trying to think of like one of the times I really got slammed for clickbaiting. I think probably the thing that I've learned to do is th there are some times where I have gone, especially in thumbnails, like using the arrows or the circles, which is just kind of like that screams clickbait. But sometimes I feel like it's the only way to get across what I'm trying to in the thumbnail. So in the video, I will just try to say like, yeah, I know this is kind of clickbaity, but like, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you own up to it, the circles like, of guilt. Yeah, it's like it's true. <laughs> like, I put a circle in it. And I'm like, I know people are gonna slam me for this, but like, I don't know what else to do. What have you been circling? Uh, recently, I did a video about like, here's what you need to know before you play Battlefront Two, the story mode, and I put an arrow to like the red sentinel droid of the emperor because he's shown up in comics and uh i think someone said that i don't directly talk about that droid in the video but i mean i i indirectly do like i show him and i say like i talk about operation cinder which is what he is there to represent but i guess i don't specifically talk about that one droid and uh someone was annoyed at that but I think circling robots or androids is fine. <laughs> it's when people start circling scars. Yeah. No scars. No more circling scars, you guys. Let's just let the scars go. And Snoke's head in particular. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I've brought it on myself, but I get, I get added in a lot of... Are you sure? <laughs> Every, every theory, you guys, every theory. We just had the, the, the three films announced and the TV series. How did that make you feel for the future of your channel? Elated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there is a little extra level of, I don't know, job security <laughs> that comes along with that. Like, as a fan, of course, yeah, I'm overjoyed. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I, I think I have a little extra reason to be enthusiastic. Uh, whether that's right or not, I don't know. I'll let other people decide. But <laughs> yeah, well, it is you know the same thing. Like I, I did get a tweet that tagged uh, me and a few podcasters in it when it was announced, and it was like, yes, another ten years of listening to these guys, yeah. and it's sort of like, yeah. Rad. Okay. Like, probably. <laughs> but let's not spell it out now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a little bit uh, a bit intimidating. To wrap up, I so appreciate what you do on YouTube. I think it's, I think it's quite a, a classy presentation. Oh, thank you. And, and I, 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 I just think that people should check out, especially that, that Canon thing. I just thought that was, that was really fun and... 
almost... I guess because I make stuff, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, how did this dude make this? This is, <laughs> this is very in-depth. This is uh, very well presented. Now, we always want to know, and now more than ever, we've got infinite stories. And, uh, you know, we can go anywhere in Star Wars. What are you most looking forward to in Star Wars? Or what would you most like to happen this almost sounds cliche at this point, but I mean, I do hope they explore the older public. I mean, I'm just glad, not even the older public. I, I'm glad that they have said that Ryan Johnson's new trilogy is going to get away from the Skywalkers. Love the Skywalker saga, but most of the new stories have just felt very stuck in this one time period. Almost everything they've been putting out takes place like between episodes four and five. Um, and everything is in that galactic civil war era, couple prequel era stories sprinkled in couple sequel trilogy stories sprinkled in, but I'm ready to really like, I want them to get weird. I hope that I, I think that they are going to start taking more risks now that like the force awakens in a rogue one. And I'm sure the last Jedi by then they're going to have made their money back that they spent to buy this or Lucasfilm. So, I'm ready for them to just get really risky and explore something just strange and new. Yeah, because it is a huge concern, you know, and and this was with the old EU as well, where there's there's so much mortar around the brick. Do you know what I mean? You've got your your, your movies and you're just wedging so much stuff into that timeline. Like, for people that... Like I've heard from that have said, oh, I hope it's set. You know, the new films are in the Clone Wars era, and it's like, hey man, there's 50 hours of Clone Wars era. Yeah, right. Like we're done, son. Let's go somewhere else. But I think to go off to another time in the galaxy or another space in the galaxy and develop a whole new franchise, like it's so exciting, and it's not bogged down by all the stuff we know. By like, do you know what I mean? Like. It's great that there is so much knowledge and trivia, but they also then have to be... They're constrained by that Mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, Ryan Johnson, who sort of seems like is quite, you know, the visionary that we've been waiting for that can not only... not He's not just copying George Lucas, but can like follow on for that and and sort of give his own vision about the force like i'm so excited to find out about you know what law of the jedi we're going to find out in the last jedi like with the the tree and the books that 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 are in the trailer and it is my kind of wish that something that he developed in coming up with all that backstory for The Last Jedi, that triggered the impetus to like, hey, we could do three films in the past around these original Jedis that we've made up. Sure. You know, much like George Lucas went back and made up, made the Clone Wars, that like, that would be so cool that that, the story they came up with was like, ooh, this could be, another franchise and i think the excitement of going into like an all-new franchise you know especially 
you know, like for them, it, it it's like the most profitable thing to do because you've got a whole new cast of characters to like merchandise and have books about and Pez dispensers. And, and also for us <laughs> to talk about, it's like such an exciting thing to follow. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the issues with Legends is like they were so focused around Luke and Han and Leia, which is fine and I understand why, but it's like how much happened to these guys? Like they solved every crisis in the galaxy mm. for 30 years? Like, yeah. It, I, I'm ready to see someone else. And yeah, I think, yeah, following the Jedi, like as they're in their early days and maybe the formation of the first Sith, I think that could be very interesting. And yeah, considering that we're at the first Jedi temple on Octo. I do think it's probably very possible that Ryan Johnson, like kind of developed these ideas while working on the last Jedi. He was talking about the last Jedi. Now he wants to do the first Jedi. So (laughs) (laughs) I, that would be so dope. And also like, I'm pretty cynical person by nature and, and Star Wars sort of melts my cynicism. I think that's why I like it so much because talking about it sort of, it makes me more to the person I'd rather be. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes the storytelling, when it's like, oh, just around this corner, this was happening. Like all this, like Back to the Future 2 yeah, sort of yeah. storytelling. <laughs> it's sort of like the chance to just develop a whole new story. Oh, so exciting. Yes. It's going to make your video very long in 10 years. <laughs> it, it is. How long? So your video now is 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. How long do you reckon it will be in 10 years' time? I mean, it might start getting to feature length. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay, so in 2016, that was two-ish years worth of canon built on top of six movies in the Clone Wars. Um, So, yeah, in 10 years. Yeah, I could see it breaking an hour, maybe hour and a half. (laughs) It's 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 a lot of ad revenue, buddy. Every 10 minutes. That watch time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm already dreading making it. (laughs) uh, Thanks so much for your time and um, for not gatekeeping me, for not knowing uh, Scarif. (laughs) You're very kind after the trivia. I was just glad to answer a question, like an ungroup question. Like I think one of the first ones was what was the announcement on Hoth? Yeah, that was a good one. And I was, I was so happy. Just like, yes, I got one question. You said that fast before I, I was sitting there like trying to think of what it was. And I'm think I quotes are not my specialty. Like they were kind and gave me one yesterday that I, uh, got close to but not exact and they were like yeah okay yeah but like sam can nail the quotes i think he can just recite the entire movie or the saga and and he does them in voices which i find a bit arrogant (laughs) just say it buddy we don't need we don't need any inflection so the i i was impressed by your uh hoth answer i was i was just relieved yeah i was just relieved uh, (laughs) You brought a good energy. Like I was, I was very tense and nervous and scared, and uh, you were you were making me kind of calm down a little bit. 
<laughs> by just like, oh, this idiot does not have a chance. <laughs> I'm at least coming forth in this. Uh, where can the good people of the internet track down your videos? Uh, on YouTube, I'm called Star Wars Explained, and uh, we're on Twitter at Star Wars Explained. No ED because it's too long. Ah, very good. Mm. Um, I can't recommend enough for you guys. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And may that force be with you. And I know that's not the quote from the actual movie. <laughs> I've revised it for myself. Yeah. So I, don't, just don't start. I, right? I wasn't judging. I All wasn't right. judging. All right. Great. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation with Alex from Star Wars Explained. I, I cannot, I cannot tell you how much you should be subscribed to that channel on YouTube. Just quality stuff. There's a lot of not quality stuff on YouTube. So let's celebrate people that are doing it correctly. So good. Now, if you're new to the podcast, uh, maybe you're here for the Schmodown. Maybe you're here after the Sam Witwer episode, Star Wars Explained. Please soak it in. There are hundreds of episodes for you to check out, many of which are long-form interviews that it doesn't really matter at what time in Star Wars news you're listening to. Let's take Nathan Hamill, the son of Mark Hamill. His stories of growing up with Luke Skywalker, his father, they're not aging out anytime soon. If not, they're better now than they were then. Nah, they're probably about the same. But what I'm trying to say is we've got a lot of timeless content. So uh, hit the feed and uh, soak up all that we've done. If you want to support the podcast year-round, you can become a patron for just $3 a month. You get access to the entire archives, all the full-length episodes, as well as tons of regular bonus shows. The uh, bonus section of our call-in shows, the Making Steel Wars show with Jason Ward, uh, listener Q&As, and so much more for just $3 a month. Actually, one thing that people do love that I never talk about is we've got uh, comedy film commentaries. So it's me and some comedians with a live audience commentating over... We've got uh, the holiday special up, uh, Star Wars New Hope and The Phantom Menace. And uh, we'll get to a few more early in the opening months of 2018. I just struggled so much to say 2018. It hurt me a lot to do. As far as content this week, uh, hopefully at the start of next week, I'll have my uh, mini episode about visiting the Sarlacc Pit set in Yuma, Arizona. That will be a feel-good episode, I think. And then the reactions begin, one of which will be our huge live 2 a.m. podcast in Melbourne, Australia. I'm flying back on Monday to record this. Uh, We have a midnight premiere and then straight after, a bunch of my comedian friends that love Star Wars were in a bar with a live audience, super pumped, and will be just reacting to what we just saw. That will be up and a more restrained, not in front of a live audience reaction will be up on the same day as well. Those episodes are always huge, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you subscribe to podcasts and who knows what we're going to be talking about next week. It is so exciting, you guys. I cannot wait. I am shipping t-shirts from the Steel Wars merch store pretty much every day 
uh, in the lead up to The Last Jedi. And then for Christmas, we've got Your Snoke Theory Sucks, Ignite the Green, I'm Ray's Parents, the Pog Cast lineup t-shirt, and so much more. So check that out. They all come with a bunch of free downloads and all that stuff. So check that out at steelwars.com. And I just want to say, you guys, have a ball. Some tough times out there for us humans. And uh, it's awesome that uh, next week we all get to come together and celebrate our heroes and just have the best time ever. So enjoy it. No matter the things that you want to happen in the movie do happen or don't happen or Snoke's this or Ray's parents are that, just enjoy that amazing feeling of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away coming up the screen. And then that giant Star Wars logo. And then the crawl that's different. <sighs> Soak it up. And may that force be with you. Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.